0: Hey there guys, thanks for listening to another great episode. And yes, this is going to be another uh, horror classic movie uh, rant. I'm going to call it a rant now because this is all in one in the films that I've seen and the history that follows along with it. And what I'm talking about is uh, like the episodes that I've done before, or at least the one episode I've done before other than the other one um talking about the original series The Fly and no it was not just a David Cronenberg film to begin with it was literally uh, back in the 1958 uh, storyline which is based off of a uh, same uh, same screenplay uh, on the diet, on the title and, and it's quite amazed that not only that you see a classic one, but you also see the remake revised versions of these quite difficult and strangely enough to appear on film. And uh, yeah, and it's it is very crazy to just like look at whatever we did in the past to something to a recent study of how we changed the classic horror movie uh person to something even more of a grotesque hideous uh monster than it's supposed to be so anyways uh let's go ahead and jump into this one because this is a long discussion it was a lot more than just three films that i assume uh which by the way it is a long list in in a way it's like a series of five in one so of course we're starting off with the original the first fly uh, which is back in the 1958 and it deals with um, a scientist who actually did create this like massive uh, matter transference device uh, between two devices and unwillingly unknowing that he gets transported with one thing and he transforms into another which when he does this experiment he literally get transported with a fly in the experiment causing the invention to combine both human and fly together which ultimately gives gives this whole meaning of how a creature can retain the knowledge of a man to what it will become into this hideous monstrous need to either destroy or destruction and it was like a it was literally a telltale sign of how mad scientist uh, syndrome is literally like looked on this film because it's literally like a man's experimentation on something that he didn't even know just happens to happen along the way which causes him to just become this weird thing And of course, uh, this is always an infamous scenes uh, that we're seeing uh, out of this film, that we've seen a little, literally a small human who gets captured by this, like, spider. And the term, help me, help me, comes into play because this is like literally the actual fly begging for help. And instead of getting help, it literally gets obliterated. That would leads us to the next year, which ironically, it's supposed to be like years later after the first one, uh, is the return of the fly in 1959. Instead of the, uh, you know, the scientist who kind of like relives this thing, it's actually his son, uh, who up being turned into this like hybrid by accident uh, during an experiment to try to complete his, his uh, late father's work. Uh, because it was both him and his father that experimented uh, with this little transporter that they built together. So, of course, it's like literally out of his hands uh, when it comes to the that the person he hires turned out to be an industrial spy to help with the experiment go into some sort of way. And then when it comes to the perfect way of it being helpful, it literally backfires on the person who's spying for this company and kind of cures uh, the, the scientist's son in the process towards the end of the film, which in, in itself, it's like, it's already mad scientist 101 going awry and all that. Which leads us to the third one, and this is actually the p- final part of the series before we end up doing the remakes and all that. The title is called Curse of the Fly, which is basically a totally new person, totally new, uh, totally new thing that is happening for this couple that love each other and all that. And it begins with one person who falls in love with a girl. It's pretty much boy meets girl, girl boy falls in love with girl, boy marries girl, boy becomes evil you know, experimental guinea pig for, (laughs) um, so, yeah, yeah, this is, like, literally, uh, this film, uh, The Course of the Fly, is literally a telltale sign of having, uh, not only, you know, one person who's trying to keep the secret of the experimentation that's happening to him, but at the same point, is he, like, is he gonna survive, is he gonna live, and, this film literally basically tells us that this person that they experimented on was literally living on borrowed time he's like literally aging progressively until the next fix and then it will be like should i you know continue on um should i do this should i do that and even so uh the wife is like astonished to be just like oh my god i married a creature i married this person I don't know what this thing is, and it's just, like, him slowly, you know, you know, rotting away, knowing that his wife fears him, he is running out of time until he gets the next fix, and it's, it's, like, literally, like, he did not want to continue on becoming this, like, vampiric, uh, entity that takes, you know, the lives of, you know... (laughs) alive for a life kind of way in this film and that's when that's when the film series ends right there it's like at 1965 it literally ends right there for the matter of fact that this is like you know this is love's first sight and love pretty much don't conquer all with the death and creatures on that and even so i believe that you know with this little uh look on things kind of gives us this like strange look on how this you know realm of mutation and a, a change of many things happen for an individual which this does list as a science fiction science fiction film because the matter of fact that you a play with science <laughs> and b uh this is literally experimentation gone awry And not only one movie, but three movies to precisely say that this is totally weird, you know? Which gives us the big drawback on how Cronenberg went with this version of The Fly. Which was literally something that even I'm surprised that I'm looking at this and I'm strangely, you know, not involved with this film. But even so, when I stare at this and I recall like... Okay, you know, it's something totally new, something exciting for during that time. It was like revisiting the science fiction on a scale of how is it science fiction, you know? So, of course, uh, The Fly in 1986, uh, we are greeted with the scientist uh, Seth Rumble, uh which is portrayed by Jeff Goldblum, of all people. And he is talking to this journalist uh named veronica or ronnie and this character is played by gina davis and if you don't recall these two people uh they've been in at least another movie that i would like to say but even so this particular film uh they were just literally uh like you know an item for each other you know so, of course, uh, Seth is so and her, all the experimentations that's happening to this experiment, which is literally two pods uh, in transportation. Uh, pretty much one integ- disintegrates while the other one integrates. So, and it, it's weird. So, of course, uh, Seth decides to uh, do this experiment without uh, Ronnie's involvement and he decides to test it upon himself like wondering like how could this be and all that and even so he was like in dire situation that this project can either fail or you know be written off as a cookie scientific uh way you know so of course uh unbeknownst to him uh again this is a monster movie that has gone awry on this one and a fly uh flies in the Pod that he was in and then it get transported with him being in that pod so of course uh, this in a way uh, integrate both the fly and Seth into one being and unaware of this little problem on the genetic level which Seth doesn't even know that the fly is integrated in his system which gives us this whole new weirdly strength the energy and and he's thinking that this is, like, you know, this is, like, literally the uh, ability of the uh, experiment that he just went through that just, like, helps him out. But instead, um, it wasn't until he finds out later that there's, like, something wrong with his, not only his behavior, but the way his body is and all that. And Ronnie's, like, pointing it out, even so, it's, like, totally weird and everything. So it wasn't until a progressionary uh, time that Ronnie and Seth were away that she is, like, noticing these weird cocky moony uh, things that's happening. So, of course, uh, during the progression, uh, Seth's body slowly breaks down, slowly becomes this, like, little, like, crepit of an old man, which is not. And then he realized that he runs the experiment twice over that this is, like, totally different, something totally weird and everything. And he finds out that the fly is literally, like, part of his body. He's, like, dying because how the fly, a fly's anatomy is, like, nearly, like, a progressionary of a day or so. (laughs) Which, in in, in a strange way, it's, like, literally you're looking at nature taking its course on a human-sized scale. But here comes the plot twist. Of course, uh, Gina Davis' character and Seth, while he was uh, early in stage, in a way, they, uh, they coupled. And then she found out that she's pregnant. So, in a way, she has a bit of Seth in her that is not really much of Seth. But at the same time, it's like it's a weird relationship between her and Seth being this creature that's slowly becoming like a man and towards the end of the film it's like when we're finally see the integration or the full transformation of man into monster that is like incredibly and even so Cronenberg did in a way gave us this like look of how this whole thing happens uh for a progressionary experimentation and even so uh, towards the end uh it is Ronnie that's supposed to unalive Seth right there because he can't go on feeling the way he feels and now with the integration part of his body integrated part of the pod it it was already game over him he's like literally lost all of his intelligence he's literally reduced to a common thread of a man begging uh in an unresponsive way of verbal to, uh, you know, end it. To completely disarray him, in in a way. Which gives us to, ironically, The Fly 2, which is 1989. 1989, Which is like three years after the, The Fly of 1986, giving us the sequel that, yes, Ronnie did, in fact, had Seth's baby, but, in a way, it's not really Seth's baby, because, uh, she pretty much got home live, uh, during the whole child exchange, and, of course, it didn't look like a human baby when it comes out, it was, like, literally a bundle, if you will, and she was being taken over to the Bartek, uh, Bartok, uh, industries which is literally like a facility that houses not only the experimentation of what's going on but they not only took over uh seth's work but literally his foundation if, if you can call it that uh the child's name uh would be later as b martin brundle which is uh played by uh eric steltz and of course this would be like Seth's last will and testament, if you will, because this is only both Ronnie's and Seth's bloodline uh, into one kid. And due to his inheritance that he suffers, he literally is aging uh, right in front of everyone, uh, which is basically he's thinking that it's like you know an easier way or, or something that's close to being easy. But it's not. It's like literally by his fifth birthday, he's literally an adult. Uh, when it comes down to that, and he's just like you know, just understanding things because he has a phonogenic memory, he can remember things in certain parts of his life, but he doesn't know why. And sure enough, he finds himself uh, falling in love with a co worker or at least a worker uh, named Beth Logan, who is played by uh, Daphne uh, Zingo, and she is uh, from Spaceball fame and Wintry Hills fame, many things. <laughs> But even so, um, with Martin's uh, ability to recognize certain things and noticing something weird is going on, he, he decides to take over his father's work without realizing that it's his father's work to find a way to, you know, kind of like see the flaw in what they were doing to make sure that the individual or whatever it was that they're forming is forming correctly and not wrongly. So, of course, that's like the tra- the trait of the mediation and all that. And then Martin's discovering that if there's a, an anomaly in a blood system or something like that, there's a way to cure it, but it requires another living being. But he doesn't feel comfortable on having to exchange a life for a life on this part. But even so, now Martin has no choice but to see this through because now his body is slowly... Regressing or slowly processing to become like what his dad was, which was literally a human fly, and it's it's definitely unheard of. It's, not, it's definitely impossible. But even so, it was something for him to realize that this is something that he has to endure because this is how he was living. So, of course, uh, there was always a chase. There's always a discovery of certain things, and then of course we are finally looking at the big picture that yes it was supposed to be meant to be that Martin had to become Seth in order for him to get past this humanly response the idea of him not uh, turn into a creature but at the same time not losing the humanity that he was so he saves Beth uh, grabs uh, grabs Anton Barktalk and he literally got him into this pod that, like, literally cured him of, not only of his disease that is inheritance by his dad, but also the condition that he was living to become a fly. So, in a strange way, uh, Bartok, uh, Bartok literally just, like, grant himself his own immortality in a way by trading places with Martin and and this whole ordeal that's going with him. And it's like, it's totally weird to actually see a character who's just like, wants to live for a living. So of course, uh, this whole film uh, series was one over the other that is like crazy, but even so, um, it is worth watching. In either sense, uh, for one thing, uh, the original, on its own, is like perfect to watch on uh, a scary movie to be a, uh, a film buff, if you will. But at the same time, you can also watch the '80s versions, uh, which is The Fly, Fly Two, to understand the scientific response of how you know, both sides of the spectrum is, you know, you got one line continuing from another, and then you have the end result, uh, facing, uh, uncertain future to see how they are in one sense or another, but anyways, these are the films that you may want to look at something for, uh, spookiness, but at the same time, it's like, it's worth looking, but at the same time, most scary on certain times. I do recommend to watch these at night because watching them at night is more spooky than usually it is. But even so, it's like it's something totally different, you know. And I for one would believe that this is worth, you know, watching and everything. And something totally will come off, of, come off of you know watching something else. Also, any Cronenberg uh, films that you see. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching because I mean, the man has, you know, goals on the whole Cronenberg deal, you know. And I will admit that that these that these films are amazing to watch when you are in, you know, the spooky mood. Even sometimes you want to add them to your list if you want to or not. But it, it, hey, it's everyone's call. It's everyone's deal. Anyways, uh, I do thank you for listening to this episode. I greatly appreciate. More episodes are on the way. Even if we're at the end, I would still keep doing other films as well. I know there's a few on the lineup that I'm still waiting on because of this month uh, being spooky season, I would rather get the horror films out of the way if I won't tie it in with the other stuff. So, anyways, uh, I do greatly appreciate you listening. You guys are great people. Uh, you take care of yourself. You be safe, and as always, see ya. Guys, listen. Uh, there's many things changing to these uh, episodes, so yeah, I'm currently able to be listened to and get this. Uh, I've been able to be listened to Amazon Music now, as well as Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Google's Play, uh, Google Podcasts with uh, Pocket cast Radio Public, a little bit of Spotify, and uh, I actually recently started doing. Uh, you know, Twitch channels, uh, so yeah, if you could find me through uh, Lone Tech X, you'd be able to see some of my gameplay right there as well, but at the same time, listen to some of my podcasts uh, outside while I'm still delivering some news. Yes, I'm still trying to do other things other than just this, but just for the time being, you can listen to not only this episode, well, all the other past episodes I've done before I've done Twitch. So, uh, once again, you can guys find me at, and this is actually the, uh, head, uh, the head page for this, which is anchor.fm slash edcast20. That is anchor.fm forward slash E-D-C-A-T-C-S-T, anyways, um, yeah, it's literally, uh edcast 20 which is uh edcast 20 which you guys can hear, hear me from there you can look at there and you can leave me a message as well as find the uh website that's connected at all so yeah here you go take care